Hey, what's going on, folks? This is the Live Life Aggressive Podcast. Sincere Hogan and Mike Mahler celebrating after, what, our one year of doing this show. Great stuff, man. Yeah, man, we killed it. First year, our guest for the one-year anniversary was Steve Maxwell, and that's been a highly downloaded episode. So that was oh, yeah. a great way to launch into second year. And we, we have just stacked guests all month as well as next month already. I mean, we just have an all-star lineup of great people that are coming on the show, people like Clarence Bass and Frank Shamrock. And then our guest today is another guy that I've known for many years. I've learned a ton from this guy on hormone optimization, on health in general, proper training, you name it. And I really like his approach. He doesn't try to sugarcoat things. He doesn't try to hold people's hands. He's, he's very aggressive with his information. He's very forthright. And he's very irreverent. He's not, gonna, he's not going to try to be diplomatic because he may worry about pissing some people off. He's going to say <laughs> what he has to say. And whether you agree with it or not, I, I respect that. I respect people like that. Our type of guest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so today we have Dr. William Wong on the show. He's actually just well-versed in so many different areas, chiropractic care, natural medicine, hormone optimization, endocrinology, optimal training, how to avoid injuries, just a wealth of information, written several books. Dr. Will Wong, how are you doing today? Great to have you on. Great. How are you folks doing? Doing great. Doing good, man. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Well, thank you for inviting me over. Yeah, it's going to be great. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about is because a lot of our listeners – hear me talking about the benefits of systemic enzymes, and especially through you, I was very influenced on your take on systemic enzymes and started using them quite a bit. I I had known about them before you, but I never really realized the merits of them until talking to you. And then as I started using them and trying different brands, I found that they're really effective at improving workout recovery and just getting rid of aches and pains. And I'm always surprised how it hasn't been tapped is more so in the sports nutrition community. I'm surprised, surprised there's not more companies selling more systemic enzyme blends. But how did, how did you get interested in systemic enzymes? And maybe we should start with what exactly are systemic enzymes and then systemic, go from there into the benefits. All righty. Systemic enzymes are, are proteolytic enzymes. They're protein-eating enzymes. We make four or five of them in our own bodies, plus there are a number of them available in nature through fruits and vegetables and whatever else. And these enzymes have five major actions. Uh, The first two are very important. The others are almost as important, but not quite. But the first and primary thing that a proteolytic enzyme does, even before it digests food, let's say your pancreas makes pancreatin, and the pancreatin is made to digest uh, carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. Okay, so your body releases the pancreatin, it goes into your bowel, goes into the small intestine and the duodenum. Then your body absorbs it back into the bloodstream. So before it ever digests anything, it goes to fight inflammation by lysing, by eating away at pro-inflammatory cytokines. It eats away at fibrosis, scar tissue. It's the only thing on God's green earth that can get rid of fibrosis, besides surgery. Mm -hmm. Uh, It purifies the blood by reducing the amount of fibrin, fibrinogen, uh, necrotic debris that usually floats around in the blood. Most people have blood that's about as thick as as ketchup or yogurt. Right. (laughs) Instead of being just slightly thicker than water. Uh, Then it has an antibacterial and and, and a mild antiviral action. Those five things are the primary things that systemic enzymes do, but the first two are the most important. Because if you think about it, 
just about every disease is either an itis or an osis. It's either a fibrosis or it's an itis. It's an inflammation. So since most of what kills us is, is either an itis or an osis, if you can control the itises and the osises, then you'll not only feel better, you'll not only be able to, to avoid a good bit of the dysfunction that happens with age and wear, uh, but you'll live longer. Right. It's that simple. Is it just me, Sincere, or does Dr. Wong sound just like Morpheus? Dude, it's Matrix killing me right now. I'm sitting here baffled right now, like, oh, my God, this is Larry Fishburne. <laughs> I can't do Shakespeare anywhere near as well as he can. <laughs> Especially as you're dropping knowledge. It's just it's exactly. More of the way you're emphasizing things. Like, man, he sounds just like that. I'm sitting there looking at the system again, so I'm like, one should be blue and one should that, be red. Which one that, should I take? Right. Take the red pill. <laughs> This is why this is why people respect Dr. Wong when he talks about enhancing testosterone. The second they hear his voice, they're like, "All right, that guy knows something about testosterone." Let's what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you got some high pitched guy doing a falsetto talking about testosterone, it doesn't, exactly. it doesn't go over too well, you know. <laughs> so, so Dr. Wong, what what are the real applications here for people that work out hard, professional athletes? The obvious ones are obviously it lowers inflammation, but if you could get into how systemic enzymes would be specifically beneficial for yeah. our training athletes. Let's take a look at what the Russians did uh, before 1973 and then after 1973. The Russians, if you, <clears throat> if, if you have ever met any Eastern Bloc athletes, the Russians would train their people eight days a week, seven to eight hours a day, hardly have any rest periods at all. They were merciless. Mm. Half of the day was spent on conditioning. Half of the day was spent on skills. They burned out their athletes very, very, very quickly. Uh, and what mainly got them was first the inflammation that happens. Anytime you train, you, you, you're causing inflammation. Right. When your, your body can't recover from the inflammation, then the inflammation grows. So what the Russians were doing before 73, they were using a combination of corticosteroids and uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs to help control the inflammation so that the athletes could train longer with less pain. Well, they were causing kidney failure. They were causing liver failure. If you've ever seen anyone who's taken a lot of corticosteroids, they get really balloon-faced, called moon-faced, and they get around and they start holding a lot of water. Well, you know, if you're a pole vaulter and you start holding water, that's a bad thing. You, you can't bloat yourself over the, over, over the top of the, uh, of, of the uh, uh, crossbar there. So yeah, that's, that's why I recommend enzymes to strippers in Las Vegas. Very good, yeah. <laughs> Real pole vaulters. Okay. That's right. You want to be able to see the Malia lie in their ankles. You don't want any swelling down there. So when, when uh, in 73, the uh, International Olympic Committee banned the use of corticosteroids, the Russians had already found a substitute. They had, they had found Wobenzyme, which back right. then was the only systemic enzyme product in the entire world. Mm-hmm. They would send folks from East Germany into West Germany to buy up tons and tons, buy barrels oh. worth of Wobenzyme, and none of it wound up in East German hospitals. None of it wound up in Russian hospitals. It all wound up in the Russian sports system. Mm. And one of the things that they discovered is that they, they, they stopped using NSAIDs altogether except for acute injuries. Uh, the NSAIDs are the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, aspirin, ibuprofen, uh, naproxen, 
of Vioxx, Celebrex, the COX-1 and the COX-2 inhibitors. They will lower inflammation by cutting off all productions of cytokines. Problem is, your kidneys run on cytokines and your liver gets cleansed on cytokines. So if you cut off the production of the good ones as well as the bad ones, you're going to kill yourself. Right. So they started using the enzymes and they discovered that their athletes were recovering faster than when they had been on the, the corticosteroids and on the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. And on top of that, the enzymes had a bit of an anabolic effect, and they wound up being able to cut back on the amount of anabolic steroids that they were using by about half in some cases. Hmm. Wow. I wonder why systemic enzymes are not more prolific with athletes, because it's very rare that I meet an athlete who's like, oh, yeah, I use Wobenzyme, or I use Dr. Wong's formula, or I use Exelzyme or Restorezyme. Uh, to me, it's a no-brainer. It's, it's, it's my favorite recovery supplement by far. I always say yeah. if I could only take one nutrition supplement, it would be that. But, it, but I'm amazed how many people in my community don't know about systemic enzymes and then how many athletes have never used them, never heard of it. Well, why do you think that is? I don't know. Uh, I've spent the last 15 years trying to get the word out. But a lot of it, especially in the pro ranks, has to do with their doctors. I'll give you okay. an example. Uh, a friend of mine who, will, who I, won't, I, I won't name is the head trainer for an NBA basketball team. He can't get the enzymes anywhere near his athletes. Because his doctors will have a hissy fit. Because it costs them money when they don't do surgery. Ah, uh, okay. It was true. Okay. Now, speaking of doctors, and aside from an athletic viewpoint, one thing that I've noticed, um, I have Mike's product. It's Restorazyme. And my mother-in-law and father-in-law, who both are diabetic, both of them started taking it. And probably within, I don't know, maybe a week, my mother-in-law's numbers, like her her blood sugar numbers drop dramatically. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's mm -hmm. crazy. I'm like, it, she would always, I mean, for all of her life, she's been on this planet for 65 years. And as long as she's been measuring her, her, her blood and she's had diabetes like for decades now, it's, her numbers have always, her morning blood, to, um, blood numbers have always been in the 300s. It's always been high. But as soon as she started taking the Restorazyme, her numbers dropped down to like one, it started at 150, then 145. And now, for this past month, she's been taking it for about a month now. Now her numbers tinker right around about anywhere between 115 to 95 first thing Fantastic. in the morning. And, you know, and that's coming just since she started taking the enzyme. She's in love with the product. Yep. And so she was like, oh, my God, why didn't you tell me about this for? Because I didn't know it was going to do that. It was just <laughs> a suggestion that Mike said. You know, Mike said, oh, you should try this. You know, basically he was telling me to do that for my wife who was becoming pre-diabetic. And, and refer, you know, he sent a bottle over for her, and she started taking it. So, of course, pretty much anything she does, you know, her parents are like, well, you know, because they know that, she gets a lot of information from me. I get information from all my colleagues as well. So they just pass it on. So they're like, well, we want to try that too and just see what happens. Can't, can't do any worse than taking all those di diabetes medications that they're getting from the doctors. Exactly. So, and with that being said, I, I have to wonder also when you said that about with the athletes and the doctors, I'm pretty sure they're not, these doctors are not going to say the same to the general public, especially people who are diabetic, especially with results like that, because I think that will put them out of business and also cut into their money they're getting from the pharmaceutical companies oh, gosh, as well. Yeah. You know, I gave seven lectures in Mumbai uh, back in uh, 05 uh, to various different specializations in medicine. I was invited there by both Enzyme India and uh, uh, Urala Med School. And the people who, uh, uh, the, the, the lecture was very well received by the cardiologist, by the dentist, by whatever, but they just started a specialty for diabeticians. 
So the, we don't have that specialty here. Here it's, it's mainly internists that take care of diabetes, but in India they have a, a whole new specialty just for diabetes. And the lecture was received well by all the different docs except for the diabeticians because it would basically put them out of business with type 1 patients. The, 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 the enzymes don't work as well for type 2. Some type, type 2 patients, it will lower the numbers on. But for type 1 patients, it's miraculous. Hmm. Because two things have to happen in order to get diabetes. Number one, you have to have a fairly high inflammation level in both the liver and the pancreas. Because the pancreas, the pancreas is shaped like the island of Cuba, and it sits right behind your liver. So if you go right under your right side ribs, right under your floating ribs, and lay your hand along the bottom side of the right side of your ribs, that's your liver, and right behind that is your pancreas. Your pancreas is in charge of not only making the enzymes, but it makes insulin as well. Right. So when the liver becomes inflamed, the pancreas becomes inflamed because inflammation is catching. Inflammation is contagious. It's like a fire. It goes from one organ to the other. Then chronic inflammation creates fibrosis. The fibrosis, the scar tissue, begins to block off the ducts that the uh, pancreas uses to get insulin from the beta cells that make the insulin into the bloodstream. So if the enzymes come in and they, number one, lower the inflammation, and number two, eat away at the fibrosis, then the beta cells, which are still alive in most uh, di di diabetic patients, it used to be presumed, and when you assume you make an ass of you and me, but it used to be presumed <laughs> that the beta cells died because they couldn't find any trace of insulin in the blood. Well, duh, it's because the fibrosis was blocking the ducts. You open up the ducts with the enzymes, the insulin that is, is being made can get out, and all of a sudden you've dramatically lowered the A1C score on diabetics. Hmm. Well, that's incredible. Yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, well, actually, I shouldn't be surprised that that benefit is not out there. It's right. That, <laughs> I, should be, I should be surprised that I would be surprised if it were out there. How do you, how do you compare fish oil to systemic enzymes, right? Because that's what Gosh. most athletes are going to think when they, when they, I know you have strong views, which is why I'm asking mm -hmm. the question. But none of the most, fish oils, none of the omega oils, the threes, the sixes, or, or anything else, right. not the turmeric, not the, not the boswella, nothing comes close to working as well as systemic enzymes. The fish right. oils work less than a baby aspirin at lowering inflammation. So let's, mm. uh, let's compare actions. You know, the, oh, we have all the studies to show that, that, that omega-3s reduce inflammation. Okay, compared to what? You know, if you compare it to a baby aspirin, they're piss poor. They're maybe right. a quarter to a half of an effect of a baby aspirin. Hmm. I mean, come on, give me a break. You know, we, we can take systemic enzymes, and we can bring a person's uh, uh, CRP score down dramatically. Oh, yeah, I've seen it many times. Yeah, yeah exactly. Many times. And CRP, folks, is a C-reactive protein, so it's a blood measurement of inflammation. So highly sensitive C-reactive protein is, is a really good test to get. And I've had many people take various systemic enzymes, either mine or yours or, or someone else's out there, and they, they have lowered their C-reactive protein a great deal. Yep. Always works. Now, well, I will qualify that. You know, in medicine we're taught that one out of every 12 people will have a different effect, no effect, or a negative effect from any medication you give them. Luckily, with supplements, it's one out of every few thousand. So there are some androids out there 
and there are some folks who are probably terminators walking around with human skin who take the enzymes that don't have any effect at all, but it's one out of every few thousand. Right. What, what about people who are hearing this and going, okay, these systemic enzymes sound great, but why can't I just get it from food? Why can't I just juice vegetables or you yeah, know, you whatever? Me, just yeah, to, you beat me to the point because yeah. all the juicers out there are going to say, well, I'll just have food. I don't want to take supplements. Yeah, I'll take a pineapple each day. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, and, it's or, and it's organic, so you know, it's a good source. So it should, it, that should do it for me. Absolutely great question. I get that from juicers all the time. Pick an orange from the tree. The second you pick the orange, it has 100% of the enzymes that it normally contains. Measure that, the enzyme activity in 30 minutes, and it's down to 50%. Measure it 30 minutes later, it's dead. There are variations. Some fruits hold their enzymes for a few hours longer than others. Pineapples and papayas are, in particular, very good at at, at maintaining their levels of enzymatic activity for longer after being picked. But let's say you've got uh, uh, a fruit that was picked in the southern hemisphere, kept in an argon-filled cold storage for three to six months, and then sold here when they're out of season here. Right. What, uh, what the frick are you going to get out of that thing? <laughs> right. you're, getting, right. you're getting the fiber and the sugar, and that's about it. You don't even get taste out of that. You know? Yeah, yeah. I can sit there and then tell you about that because we just had a, so a quote-unquote organic watermelon. Okay, first of all, Dr. Wong, you're here in Texas. Yep. And we both know watermelon season really doesn't kick in until the end of this month, until the beginning of June. Yep. And, and this, we got this watermelon probably a couple of weeks ago, probably like the end of April. And so my wife is thinking, like, well, it's organic. It's good. When she cut it open, and trust me, I come from a, a part of Texas where in the summer, as part of our off-season program for football, our coach had us to go out to his watermelon field and actually take those watermelons and actually, first of all, pick them for him and use it as part of our training during the mm-hmm. summertime. So I've seen quite a few. And I know what a ripe watermelon should look like, and I know how, what time of the year it really should be growing. So the end of April is not the time in Texas. So when we cut that thing open, I looked at it, and it was so pale. I was like, baby, I hate to tell you, this thing sucks. This is probably going to taste like just nothing. And sure enough, it pretty much, here's what's funny. The first bite, it kind of reminded me, it had like an onion aftertaste to it. And I just looked at my wife, I was like, this is not right. (laughs) We've done better getting a GMO watermelon. At least they would have injected it with watermelon flavor. I said, this tastes like onions. And why? I don't understand. And so then I explained to her, I said, this is what happened. They pretty much had this watermelon stored somewhere probably for the last six or seven months. And there are folks that want watermelon throughout the year, but it can't happen in a a natural organic state. So they store it. And she was baffled by that. I said, yeah, it's probably been stored for seven, eight months. Well, how can they do that? It's organic. Okay, they can store organic vegetables, too, and fruits as well. So it, it happens. It happens because, I mean, how else are you going to get blueberries in January and they're organic? Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. You can be in Texas or Florida. That still is just not going to work. It's yep. just not going to work. So it's, you know, my, I, my druthers about organic food from, from, from South America, especially from <laughs> Mexico, is yeah, that it, is, it is legal to use human feces as fertilizer down there. So oh, any great. parasites in the feces are going to find their way into the fruits and veggies. Now, there's going to be someone that hears this like, well, we use feces from animals to grow our vegetables. Like, yeah, but when the animals are eating what they should naturally be eating, 
That's a better alternative to a human feces. Our feces is gotcha. crap for real. It's yeah. really crap. Imagine what human feces is People eat look junk. Human feces is probably the lowest fertilizer quality on the planet. <laughs> exactly. I mean, with all the drugs and medications and, and, and crappy food that we, you know, pun intended, that we eat, why would, why would you want to use that for fertilizer? Exactly. <laughs> so it's the only reason why human meat hasn't been sold for consumption yet. People are so unhealthy, it's going to be low quality. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to eat that. Even animals are kind of looking. Even the animals out in the wild, they're probably looking at human meat like, nah, I'm going to just go ahead and fast. <laughs> I think I'd rather eat a pigeon, thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to eat these berries today, okay? They, they, should have had a scene like that. they should have had a scene like that in that movie, The Gray, with Liam Neeson, where all the wolves are attacking people. They should have had a scene where the wolves are about to attack one of these guys, and they're like, nah, they, nah. they realize his body's probably rancid and toxic. They're like, nah, just move on. And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> that, that's what saved his life is his crappy diet his whole life. Right. You know? <laughs> these, all these wolves are like, nah, this guy has way too much inflammation right. and cortisol there, and it, it sounds really low quality. <laughs> yeah. If you ever really want to get grossed out, sit, sit in on an autopsy. Oh, yeah. And watch oh. what happens when they take out the liver. Oh, in man. a good many folks, you'll actually see stuff begin to crawl out of the liver. Oh, man. <laughs> That's some scary stuff right there. It is, yeah. Oh. It's like Alien or something. Come, like, v. like that old show V or something like that. It's just that that's more horrific than watching the birth process, you know, which is like <laughs> everyone talks about how beautiful it is. Oh, baby's being born and all this. Like, have you ever seen footage of that? I mean, that, that's like the movie Aliens. You know? <laughs> very, and trust me, if, if a guy can really come to terms with himself, it's very humbling. Anything that you can say sexual to a woman after seeing that, like, you know what? I'll just take what I can get and I won't talk any smack ever again. <laughs> You'll never hear me scream, who's this, this, because after seeing that, no, I'm, I'm yours, baby. Trust me, you should be telling me who's this. <laughs> what guys should be thinking is that I need to get my wife a, a set of jade eggs to do vaginal exercise. <laughs> uh, so with, back to the systemic enzyme, what, what do you think is the best protocol to take them? It's important to take them on an empty stomach, but is there, is there anything else people can do to maximize the benefits of, it, of enzymes? Enzymes get activated by water. Okay. So the more water you could take, you can drink when swallowing down your enzymes, the, the better. And, oh. and here I have to get into, in, into a little bit of, 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 of uh, the science of it. Sure. When, you, when you take an enzyme and you extract it from its, uh, either a pancreas or, or a fruit or vegetables, or when you take it out of the fermenter. The first thing you do, once you've extracted the enzyme, and you have nothing else but the enzymes, is you freeze-dry it. You have to make that thing dry, and then you have to stabilize it. So there, 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 there are, are natural things that you blend in with the enzymes to stabilize it to make sure it doesn't go active and eat itself. One of the things that, that Mucos Pharma found in Germany was that they absolutely had to control the humidity in the uh, processing room where, where they, they took the raw materials and where they tableted, uh, blended and tableted the raw materials because if the humidity was above a certain point, the enzymes would soak up the humidity, go active, and then eat themselves, eat each other in the pill, and their pills would basically be inactive by the time a person took it. Hmm. Wow. So that's pretty intense stuff right there. I mean, yep. it's, so what, what's... 
Now, you also sell your own blend of enzymes, and I remember you, you and I have known each other for many years. So I remember you, you've recommended different brands over the years. At one point, it was Vitalzyme, and then there were some quality control issues there, so you moved on from there. I think at one point, it was Wobenzyme, and then there were some quality control issues there. Then there was Vitalzyme, then there were some problems there, and then there were a couple other brands. And then I, I think your wife had a conversation with you, Michelle, where she basically said, look, why, why do you keep selling other people's brands? <laughs> you know, to make your own, man. You're, you're designing these brands for other people. You're, you're, you know, you're not going to be able to control the quality unless it's your own stuff. And then exactly. and that, that, led, that led to your own product. So what, what's, what's special about your enzyme blend compared to others on the market? She had to bring me into this kicking and screaming. I never wanted to be a Chinese doctor. <laughs> Right. Uh, you know, I, I I remember Chinese shopkeepers. I never wanted to be a Chinese shopkeeper. <laughs> hey, I, I'm a doc. I'm not supposed to, you know, but, but uh, whatever. But uh, one of the things that 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 I always wanted to do when I went to Germany to a study with with uh, Mucos Pharma with the the Wovenzheim folks, I asked Dr. Ronsberger, uh, "Hey, doc, could you make these things stronger? Yeah, but then we wouldn't sell as many pills." <laughs> you know, I was I was taking sixty to eighty wobens on a day. Wow! Uh, I have I have that many old injuries. The 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 the, the vitalzyme was a, a bit better, but office politics has got really really bad. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I had some issues uh, with them as well. I was selling their product for a while, and then I and then some some jackoff took over the company, and he sent out this letter to everyone that was this. It was like this. It was meant to be this intimidating lawyer-derived letter, which it, which it wasn't even. It wasn't even written by a lawyer, but it was meant to be that kind of language. Uh-huh. It, it was something to the effect of, you know, if, if you even think about trying to sell this at a discount, you know, we're going to revoke your, your your distributor license. It was some really condescending, pretentious letter. And I remember yeah. that just based on that, I was like, forget it. Then I remember you and I had a conversation. You were going, you don't want to be selling that anymore anyway. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Exactly. So we, 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 we sourced the strongest raw materials around. One of the things that I did not realize until I, was, until I started looking to build my own stuff is that there are different grades of these enzymes. There are, I knew that they were food grade and pharmaceutical grade, but what I did not know is that there are different strengths of the raw materials. So I started sor- sourcing the raw materials from, their, uh, uh, from all the various uh, raw material suppliers, and I started looking at the strength, and I started playing with them, and and you know using this guy's pancreatin and using that guy's uh, uh, papain and whatever. For example, most of the papain out there uh, is about what uh, three thousand five hundred uh, uh, whatever kind of units they used to to measure per gram. Well, we've got a papain that's seven hundred thousand plus per gram. It just a absolutely just wow. the most kick-ass papain in the world by itself. This thing could probably, if you if if you sprinkled it on a steak in an hour, it would digest the whole dang steak. Wow! So uh, that combined with 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 uh, the other pharmaceutical grade enzymes that we put in, well, I stabilized it, blended it, put an enteric matrix on it, uh, and part of this I learned from. Uh, working with a fellow who had been the founding pharmacologist at Mucos Pharma back in 1959. He was a Texas boy, went to MIT, studied pharmacology, then went to Germany and worked in Bavaria uh, in the pharmaceutical industry there, which is extensive. And he, he, in 1959, he just happened to be with the two fellows, uh, uh, oh, I forget what their names were, the original owners of Mucos Pharma, when Dr. Wolf and Dr. Ronsberger bought into the company and started making enzymes. 
So he knew all about the making of enzymes. And I learned a good bit from, from, from him. We put our zymescence together. The second goal I had, besides having the strongest systemic enzyme in the world, is I wanted it to be reasonably priced because most of the systemic enzyme products out there are super, super duper expensive. So we cut out a whole bunch of, we, we, we don't have any salesmen. We, we, we cut out all the middlemen. We have no distributors. We, we don't have nothing. We have one distributor in the UK that I, that I know of, and I think one down under in Australia. Right. And that's it. We, we sell directly, so our markups are less. When you come to think of, 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 a, of a nutritional product, there are several different uh, places where you mark it up. First wow. is the raw materials. Then is the labor. Then is the packaging. Then you have three layers of salesmen to pay. And then finally you get the retail price. So there's five layers of markup on it. Right. And, and, and that's traditional. That, that's oh, gosh, traditional yeah. retailing. If you, do, if you do network marketing, that adds another 1,000 people <laughs> to it, which is why network marketing products are so overpriced. Yes, exactly. Exactly, exactly. We, we were looking at a network marketing zeolite product that, that, that was so expensive, it was unsustainable, but yeah. it was one of the best detoxing products I'd ever seen and then we found a small company in Jersey that was making this stuff, and it was dirt cheap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Something that would cost ten dollars will will cost ninety nine ninety five through, <laughs> yeah. through a network marketing. I mean, that's how high the markup has to be because they're paying so many royalties per sale. Exactly. We well, a, a gal I used to be married to twenty some odd years ago was selling stuff called KM, and the 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 old fellow who owned the company was was a patient of mine. Hmm. The stuff that went into the bottle was $2.50. The bottle cost three bucks. It was silk screened, and then they sold it for, uh, I think, 60 bucks a bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that, that's, that's why I like direct-to-customer relationships, because I do that with my testosterone booster that I designed, is I get the raw materials, I get it bottled, capped, labeled, and then I sell direct to the customer. I'm not trying to get it into GNC or Vitamin Shop or any of those places, exactly. because I, I feel that will, one, lower the customer service experience, because you're going to go buy this product. I mean, first of all, there's nothing to distinguish it from everything else that's on the shelves. So right. how is anyone going to even buy it in the first place? And let's say someone does, Who's going to explain to them how to take it and if they have concerns, if something happens, who can they talk to? When someone buys my product and they have a question, they're getting an answer from the guy who formulated it, the guy who exactly. researched all the ingredients, the guy who's used it for many years before he started selling it. So it's going to be a way better customer service experience. And then you can price it reasonably. You don't yep, have to exactly. price it super high because you have to take into account all the distributors you're paying and the different fees and so forth. Right. And then even – a lot of people who sell supplements through even high-profile websites like bodybuilding.com and, and then stores such as Vitamin Shop or GNC, I mean, they, they don't make – they make 50 cents to a buck a bottle if even that half the exactly, time. Exactly, yeah. It's, you know, the, it, it, it's the distributor that winds up making the bulk of the profit instead right. of the guy who actually makes it. Yeah. And then, you know, everyone who talks about success talks about how important it is to control distribution. And this is something that being self-reliant and controlling distribution are two things that I realized were very important early on in my career. So I I never depended on anyone to promote workshops for me or get people to my website or sign up for my 
sign up for my services or buy my videos and, and now my nutrition supplements because the, the, the more you relied on others for distribution, the more you were going to have to pay for that distribution. Exactly. Right. When you have your own distribution point, you don't have to sell anywhere near as many products. I mean, if you sell a couple hundred bottles of a good supplement direct to the customer, you, you're going to make a pretty good income off of that. You know, exactly, that's going yeah. to yeah. be a nice side income. You, start, you sell 500 to 1,000 units a month. That, that's a pretty good income right there. Mm. So I, I think what happens is a lot of people get really greedy. They, they, they're like, they want the prestige of, hey, I'm going to take my friends to the vitamin shop and show them my products on the shelf. <laughs> you know, or right. like, I want to be in all the magazines, even if I have to pay thousands to get in there. And then, and then, and then the bottom, and then they have all these employees, and they, the the whole bottom line is is nothing by the time you deduct everything. While if you have this smaller operation like you do and I do, you're not going to have all that prestige. But who cares? You make a nice income. The customer gets a great product. You provide great service. I mean, what's what's great about your stuff, Doctor Wong, is someone buys their systemic enzyme blend and they have a question, they're emailing you about it. You know, you or your wife, who are both very knowledgeable. I mean, you especially, you're very knowledgeable about this stuff. So, I mean, that's an incredible customer service experience. Yeah, it's better than going to, you know, customer service over in Mumbai, and he's reading out of a, he's reading out of a binder. And take three water caps. <laughs> so trust me, as a, as a customer, that's the last thing I ever want to deal with, man. I've been there so many times, anything dealing with the computer or anything. So if the computer's crashing and I'm calling, supposed to be calling Microsoft, but all of a sudden I'm speaking to someone in India, and I can tell he's reading the binder. I've had to tell these guys, I say, hey, dude. Close the binder and talk to me like a human being. And then they're like, exactly. what? What? I'm like, yes, I know you're using a binder. Now, tell me what you know about this. And they're at a loss of words. Well, sir, let me speak to my manager and I, and I will we don't have I'll be right back. <laughs> exactly. And that's why I do it. Just so they, so they can be human. <laughs> like, how to deal with asshole that says stop reading from binder. Oh, page eight. Okay, here we go. <laughs> it says, listen, asshole, I tell you. <laughs> and then, you know what? I would actually respect him for that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Your boss is pretty smart putting that in there. It's like, look, motherfucker. <laughs> Now, for anyone of, of Indian descent that gets offended, Mike is half Indian, so only be pissed off at half of Mike for bringing that up and using that accent. I made a, I made a joke about it, oh, how a lot of Indians are cheap asses one time. Some guy got really offended. I was like, look, man, I'm part of the community state now. Okay? I, come from, I come from a lineage of those cheap asses. You know? So I'm, I'm part of my own ancestry. You know? And my dad's white. He's a cheap ass, too. So don't believe me, it's, 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 it's not relegated to just that community. You know? <laughs> Oh man! Now, now, Dr. Wong, what, what are what are some other good brands out there? Just so just so we don't sound like we're just pitching your products and so forth. Or just name off a few other companies you think that make some good enzymes. Mm-hmm. Well, you make enzymes. a great enzyme. Yeah, the one the one I have is made by AST Enzymes, who makes yep. Exelzyme and a few other. And I know, and, and that's why I went with Exelzyme when I was looking for for a private label because I know you recommended them to me. And uh, I, and I used Exelzyme. I thought it was a great product. Yeah, it's good. Very good people. Very good people over there. Now you know. Yeah, let, let let me in. Uh, let me let you in on an enzyme industry secret. Okay. The Japanese can't make a a an, an active viable serapeptase to save their lives, hmm. but their their pride does not allow them to 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 think otherwise. Takeda, which is the largest uh, enzyme maker in Japan, the second is Amaro, but Takeda who had the first serapeptase product called Danvin. Hmm. They had their serapeptase product recalled by the Japanese Ministry of Health because it did not work. Takeda has not been able to make a workable serapeptase in maybe five or six years, apparently. Hmm. And 
a lot of the, of the serapeptase being sold in the United States comes from Japan. The rest of the stuff comes from Korea. Well, Koreans can't make a, of, of, of an active serapeptase either. I have no idea where along the processing line they're killing it, if they're not stabilizing it, if they're not freeze-drying it right, whatever. But the best enzymes in the world, the, most, the, the, most, the best enzyme expertise and the longest experience with enzymes, 5,000 years, comes from India. Right. They have a fantastic pharmaceutical industry right. there, and I got to see a good bit of it when I, when I went to lecture there. The equal of anything in the States or Europe may be better than the States, because we always think that we're such hot stuff here. And, and actually, in terms of the medical industry, we're about halfway down the totem pole right. when, it, when, it, when it comes to manufacturing. And certainly when it comes to the practice of medicine, I will take any doc from any med school in India over any U.S. Ivy League trained doc. Right. Uh, you know, uh, I, uh, but uh, let, let me get back to, to well, a, lot, a lot. A lot of people actually go to India for surgery for that oh, yeah. reason. It's yeah. a lot cheaper, and the quality is super high. Like you have this, you have this extremely expensive surgery, and there's no way you can afford it. And you do the math, and it's cheaper to fly to India, get the surgery done, and then just stay in some luxury resort and <laughs> right. recover. Then exactly. it would be to go to some hospital here where you get, you're gonna you're gonna lose your life savings, and you're gonna be in this horrible hospital recovering. Okay. Plus, you're going to catch some, some, some sort of a staph infection here from, yeah, from exactly. the right. stuff grew, grew growing on the walls. You know, I can take any Indian neurologist, and I can take a Harvard or Stanford-trained neurologist. I can stand them in front of a stroke patient, and I will ask, okay, what section of the brain has, has been lesioned? And the U.S. docs go, oh, we need an MRI. We need a CAT scan. We need this, we need... And, and, but right. the Indian doc will do signs and symptoms. He will do a thorough exam of the patient, and, and, and he'll... He'll say, "Oh, it's uh, CJ12." I think I think it's because yeah. they're trained in the British about- style, the British style of medicine, Doctor Wong. Because exactly. when I was in when I was in Uganda, I had a horrible case of pneumonia where both of my lungs got filled up with this nasty fluid, and I went to a, a great doctor out there, British guy, and he was able to assess very quickly what he thought it was. He just had me do one X-ray to confirm, and then they went to treatment. And he told me that if, if I went to a doctor in America, they would have done an MRI. They would have done all these different scans. Meanwhile, I'm miserable with this condition. Yep. And, and, and would have, it probably would have been weeks before a treatment actually came up. Yep. Or here, he realized what it was. He confirmed it, stuck a needle in my back, pulled 40 liters of fluid out, and went back the next day, another 40 liters. And wow. uh, it, it just seemed that you know, he used his head more. You know, he was exactly. the guy who actually thought about it. It's like, here's what's going on. Here's probably what the problem is. Let's confirm it, and then let's go to treatment. Now, Doctor Wong, do you think do you think with those Indian doctors, or do you think with Indian doctors as well that that since they also come from a culture that pretty much is very versed with Ayurveda as well, do you think that that also plays a part into their approach to medicine as well? With with some of them, yes. With some of them, no. There is a very stiff and angry competition between the allopathic Mm. docs, the Ayurvedic docs, and the naturopaths. They hate each other in India. Wow, <laughs> and in some Indian states they license all three, and in some Indian states they only license the allopaths. Uh, the, the 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 med school whose pharmacology department invited me over to India, Urala Med School, is one of the first med schools that combines both uh, 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 Ayurvedic and Western medicine, and all of their students have to meditate uh, and 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 do yoga. It is required. And they have to learn how to apply meditation and yoga to their patients. Uh, but uh, it, it, 
So while the mindset is a bit different, what, what, what's actually happening more so is the industrial mindset. For example, hmm. American docs are not taught to do proper uh, empirical diagnosis because it cuts back on the number of tests you have to do. So if you teach the young doctor that in order to properly diagnose this, he needs this test and that test and that test and that test, and that's all he gets taught, that's all he knows, you never teach him imperial, uh, empirical diagnosis, then that's all he knows. He comes out of school, and well, in order to diagnose it properly, then we have to do all this, because he was never taught any other way. In the British system of medicine, they still teach empirical diagnosis. Matter of fact, there's a, right. there's a, 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 a doctor from Uganda who is now... Uh, 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 taking our our product, well, he's teaching at Johns Hopkins, and he's a he's a uh, he's an honors fellow there, uh, uh, doing some, some some sort of really nifty res- research. Well, well, what's his name? What's his name, Doctor Wong? I've 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 completely forgotten. I'm sorry. I'm just uh, curious if it's if it's a, if it's a guy. I may know because it's a small community in Uganda. My parents lived out there for a while, and that, that's where I got treated for this pneumonia. So it would yeah. be funny if it's the same guy. You know? <laughs> Might be he went to med school in Africa, and he was trained under the British system. And the, as I said before, I will take any doc from, from, from any med school in India. I will take any doc trained in the British system. So Canadian docs, uh, Ugandan docs, British docs, Australian docs, over any Ivy League trained American doc any day of the week. Um, with you. I mean, in fact, I always tell people if I ever got cancer, the first thing I would do is get out of America for trade. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, I, would, I would go to Switzerland or any, any country where they're more progressive and they're going to have a more holistic approach rather than nuke my body and hope for the best. Yep, exactly. exactly. Now, with with your now, a couple other things that are that some of the some of the other information you have, which is really interesting, is that you're a big proponent of progesterone. For both yeah. men, for for women, of course, we that the benefits are obvious. But you also feel that there's benefits for men. So, well, what are what are the benefits of the sex hormone progesterone for both men and women? It helps to control the making of estrogen and the effects that estrogen has, and it helps to control the the aromatization of estrogen and testosterone into DHT. Now, bodybuilders love DHT because it's a very anabolic form of testosterone. But the problem with DHT is that, in, if, well, let me backtrack a bit. In young men, 17 to, let's say, 21, right. the testosterone levels may be in the four-digit numbers. They're, you know, they, they might be as high as 18 if a guy is really a randy and he's, and he's got a really super high testosterone rate. But his DHT level is rather low. Right. So is his estrogen level, and, and, and his progesterone level is, is in the middle numbers. When a guy hits 40 and starts going into andropause, his estrogen levels go high, his total T comes down, but his DHT levels rise. Right. Which is one of the reasons why bodybuilders will tell you that they actually are more anabolic from about 35 to 40 than they were ever before. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, uh, because their DHT levels are going up, but it costs them their hair and it swells up their prostate. So, now, with, with the hair, is that... Because with the hair, is the, is it more is it more genetics, more more being predisposed genetically to hair loss from DHT affinity to the hair follicles, or is it, you know, let, let's say for example that I, I that I'm never going to go bald, right? Like I have a full head of hair, and then I start taking supplemental DHT, and my DHT levels go up. Is that going to make me more prone to baldness, even though I don't have any genetic proclivity yeah. towards it? Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, even the, then. So. The, if you remember Sergio Oliva. Oh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely my favorite yeah, bodybuilder. Yeah, incredible physique and super strong guy, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, was, I was backstage with, with, with Sergio talking to him at the WBBG 1971 Teenage Mr. America, which, by the way, I lost to Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno <laughs> beat me for that. I don't know how he did, but he did. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, you know, I, I, I was just in awe of, 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 of Sergio. Yeah. If you take a look at pictures of Sergio from 66 through 69, he has hair. Then he beat Schwarzenegger in 70. And then the year after that, he lost to Schwarzenegger. If you take a look at two things, take a look at his hair, and take a look at his ankles. You cannot see his malleoli. He was holding so much water. He was using mm-hmm. a ton of, uh, I think, windscrawl and D-ball. He was, he's, he, he was using 20, 20 to 25 Dianabol a day. Wow. The therapeutic dose is four tablets a day. And he was wow. using 25 of them. Well, what's scary is 25 is probably conservative compared to what guys use now, right? Yeah. <laughs> and now, they now didn't know about cycling those days. They didn't know about right, whatever. Right. But basically, Dianabol and Winstrol are DHT. Right, right. So very anabolic. But in one year, he was bald. His hair was gone. Hmm. And his hmm. ankles were so swollen, you couldn't see his ankle bones. So I think when you take DHT way beyond the normal range, so like high normal. Would you say that DHT would be a problem if, it's, if you're in the, let's say, high normal range? Or would it, be a, would, it still, would it be a problem there, or is it a problem when you go way beyond what you could ever get to naturally? You know, the, the normal range for guys in their 30s, going into their late 30s, and then going into their, their 40s, normal range is what causes baldness. Yeah. You want a DHT range back when you, had, back when you were set. 17 when you had almost no DHT. And it was really hard to bulk up then. It really was. Uh, 17-year-olds have a really hard time putting on mass. Uh, It's a hell of a lot easier when you're 35 and your DHT levels are are higher. But again, it's going to cost you. Now, there was a Dr. Morgenthaler, he did a, a really, I don't know if you've read his work, mm-hmm. but he, he put together yeah. a really interesting, he did a lot of research on, on prostate issues, and it, it was his determination that a lot of the research was erroneous. about. Yeah, Harvard cancer. wanted to crucify him for that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he basically said that he, he felt that DHT was a non-issue in terms of prostate issues and so forth, and that it was more the estrogens and other factors that, that were, and then there's, there's another doctor which talks about how if, if androstenedione or andros, if androstenedione and DHT are in a one-to-one ratio, that kind of nullifies the negatives of DHT is when that ratio is off. There's, I think it's Dr. William Wright who, who lectured on that. So I'm, I'm, because of what you're talking about is, is conflicts with a lot of the research I've seen in that DHT is often used as an estrogen-lowering product. And then you're talking about how it may raise estrogen. So can you get into that a little bit? How, how Actually, the connection with that? It, 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 it's the elevated estrogen that causes the DHT, not the other way around. Okay, interesting. Yeah, interesting. because men so, don't, okay. in, in, in vivo, in live subjects, like I said, young guys have almost no DHT. They have almost no estrogen. But as a guy becomes estrogen dominant, as his progesterone levels go down, and this is where we need to, to, to do a touch on progesterone. Again, sure. it takes two to three hundred units of progesterone to control one unit of estrogen. So let's say you have an estradiol reading of, of uh, uh, 10. Okay? Yeah. You need 300 units of progesterone to control. Let's give me 3,000. 300, 3,000. I'm, I'm dyslexic, so my, 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 <laughs> my numbers yeah. get, 
get, get skewed. I wrote two doctoral dissertations before the advent of spell checkers. So you can imagine what they look like. <laughs> yeah, my parents did too. I, I'll, you know what? My, both of my parents are PhDs, and I go, man, that's, it's impressive that they're PhDs, but it's, it's even more impressive that they did it way before a computer. So I was like, man, you, had to, you had to do that on a typewriter? You know, I'm looking at their thesis. Yes. I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, the Royal and like, IBM Selectric, yes. Yeah. So the, uh, uh, what we see in vivo is that guys begin to hit 35. Their estrogen levels begin to go up because their progesterone levels are, are going down. Their total T is going down, but their DHT levels are, are going up almost in relation to the estrogen. Hmm. And then they hit their late 40s, and then the DHT drop drops off, and it's all estrogen. It's almost like we stopped making all the androgens altogether. All and that's why by the time you hit 50, you begin to go into, into uh, catabolism. Most 50-year-olds lose 1 to 10% muscle mass a year, uh, uh, excuse me, 5 to 10% percent muscle mass a year, so that by the time they hit 60, they're bare bones minimum, minimum muscle mass to move themselves around. Hmm. It's really yeah. important, whether you have to use anabolic steroids, whether you have to use testosterone, whether you have to use God knows what, to maintain yeah. your musculature throughout your 50s, right. make it to 60, because if you, the, more muscles, the more muscle mass you lose that entire decade, the worse off you'll be from 60 onward. Right. Right, right. So I think it's a good message to to build as much strength and muscle quality. Not necessarily a bodybuilder like taking up as much mass, but in other words, having a, a good amount of muscle tissue, and then building up that as much as possible when you can, right? You so that you can hold on to that. Exactly. A, lot of, a lot of older guys tell me that they're they're no they're no longer focused on building and trying to get stronger. They're working out hard to maintain now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 hormones are such where you're. You, you're working just to keep what you got, unless you're on the juice or on on, on t- testosterone replacement therapy, which is, which is which is certainly a viable thing for a for a for a fellow over over 45, 50. Then uh, it, it, you you really can't grow unless you're on the juice. Take a look at Swar- uh, not 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 Schwarzenegger, still Stallone. The guy's I'm almost sure. 70 years old. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and uh, it, 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 I'm, I'm just amazed whenever I watch an Expendables movie just how big and buffy he is. But he's got to be on the juice. Oh, he's definitely on the yeah, juice. I mean, that, that's, that's well known that he's on growth he hormone. He makes no bones about it. And, and, and honestly, looking at him, it's, it's, I, you know what? If that's what you've got to take to look like that at that age, I'm in. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. I'm not knocking it one bit. When I hear people say... Yeah, no, when I hear people say, oh, he's taking all this, it's like, who cares, man? He's 70, and he looks, he's still jacked. He's more ripped than most guys that are 25 working out <laughs> hard. Somebody's like, if, like 25 or 30, I and mean, they already look like an old man. You look at them like, well, dude, look at you, and then look at him. Yeah, I'm going yeah, with people, him. People say that all incredulous. Oh, he's doing this, he's doing that. I was like, who cares what he's using, man? I mean, it's like, sign me up, man. <laughs> you know? but yes, if, exactly. if that's Whatever what you got to take at that right. age. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it could be done safely and it could be done right. So, I mean, people, but what happens is people see the extreme in the media, right? They see people abusing certain things and then they assume it shouldn't be worth taking at all. It's like, well, if I take a whole bottle of aspirin every day, that's going to be problematic too. It doesn't mean you know, that there's merit that lowers. That, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, there you go, man. So, I mean, if I take one tablet a day, I'm going to be okay. So, I mean, if I have one cup of coffee, a couple times during the day, I'm okay. If I if I decide to drink oh, hot. a couple of gallons, <laughs> exactly. a day, it's going to be. It doesn't mean that people shouldn't drink coffee at all, though. So I think I, I think people the they, they, they pick just their streams. They have selective, you know. They, they yeah, pick exactly. the that, that work best. 
against whatever they're doing. So this might be I mean, the same I'm person that goes to the drive through three or four times a day. And they're yeah. like, man, look at, look at, look at Stallone, man. He's juicing. Up. Well, look at you. You're, you're Big Mackin. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. No, but I mean, also, I, I think you should do as much as possible naturally as you can. And then when that no longer works, which eventually that'll be the case, then exactly. you go to more aggressive approaches. And like, like, I know you have some natural testosterone booster stuff, uh, Dr. Wong, to support people's natural testosterone production. My, my product as well is, is very effective. I mean, my T levels now are higher now than they were when I was 33. Cool. You know, just taking my testosterone booster and yeah i mean you know when i'm when i'm in between cycles i'm I'm close to 600 went on you know people are at 800 i've had guys get as high as 900 on it people i had one guy that was at 292 total testosterone go to 863 in a month so i wow. mean it's he must even felt great yeah he felt <laughs> incredible cow. i mean another guy who was who was you know really low and i and he's he, i think he was at 300 and He's like, you know, how long is this going to take? I was like, first of all, I don't have to, I'll be perfectly honest with you. You know, you're in your mid forties. I don't know. I don't know if it'll even work. We're just going to have to find out. And uh, I was like, honestly, given that you do triathlons and things like that, there's a good chance that it's not going to do that much for you because you're wearing yourself out so much. And he came back a month later, got a blood test, sent me an email saying, man, you were wrong. My level's at 792 right now. And I was like, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. That's really cool. So I mean, it's, and I know you're a fan of things like maca, and you've got you've got a an andro type cream. Not andro it doesn't have androstenedione in it, but you have different products that help with increasing people's natural testosterone. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit too. But uh, you know, basically, what I tell people is do as much as you can naturally. But it's, when a guy who's 65 emails me and says, "Hey, I'm thinking about trying your product," I'm like, "Look, you know, try it." But at your age, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I mean, it's only going to do so much. Exactly. And, it may bump it up, but it may not bump it up high enough where it's that useful. So you may go from 300 to 450, and yeah, that's a nice bump, but it's still not high enough where it's really useful. Yep. And, that's, and that's where things like the testosterone creams, the pellets, the shots, whatever route you're going to take, it's, it's worth talking to someone who knows anti-aging medicine well and exploring that option exactly. and seeing if it's fit for you. It's not the end of the world. I think some people don't like the idea of taking any exogenous hormone. They feel They somehow feel that that, that it's a cop-out. It's like, well, you know, I, sh- I should be able to just do this on my own. And if, if you're uh, no, six- because your body's pre-programmed to die. Exactly. <laughs> that's, the other, that's the other argument that I laugh about. People go, well, your numbers are supposed to go down as you get older. It's like, yeah, you're supposed to be in the grave when you get older, too. That's, <laughs> because it's natural doesn't mean you want to do it. I mean, who, who looks at someone who's 85 and, and aspires to get to that? You know, when I see someone who's who can barely move anymore and, and so forth, that's, that's really scary to me. When I look at a lot of old people who've lost their mobility and they're, they're losing their mind and they, they can barely get around, that's not remotely inspiring to me at all. That's, that's exactly. really depressing. So I, right. I think taking these measures when you're young so that you age better, I mean, we're all going to die at some point, so we're not trying to avoid that necessarily, it's, but you we want, want to die like <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Well, you, I just want to prolong you, it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 you don't want to die decrepit and diseased in a hospital bed. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So what, what can progesterone, what are the, what are the benefits for progesterone? For why, why should men consider taking progesterone cream? Like I know you have a progesterone cream that men can take, women can take. What are the benefits? Just First talk. and foremost, the most important thing progesterone does, and these studies are buried in PubMed, you've got to go look for them. They preserve your brain size. Hmm. Progesterone preserves brain size. And, you know, no one is doing anything with that knowledge. The Japanese did the study. I think there was a Chinese study to corroborate it. Uh, 
and there might have been an American study proved conclusively that progesterone preserves brain size. Now, when you come to figure that all dementia, especially Alzheimer's, is brain shrinkage, brain wasting, brain begins to look like a, 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 raisin. Baked, a baked potato <laughs> that you left in the oven for too long. <laughs> if anything that can preserve brain size will preserve function and utility. Because right. the, the less brain cells you got, the less, the less it's going to work. Your, right. your, 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 your brain is 70% saturated fat. Everything you think with is, is a saturated fat bonded onto an amino acid. Memories are saturated fats bonded onto proteins. We have right. nothing to show for the last 60 years of the anti-cholesterol diet except a monumental increase in Alzheimer's. There were yeah. four Alzheimer's patients per every one million population before 1965. Hmm. After the Framingham study and the anti-cholesterol craze in 66, by the time... 1970, 1980, kids started graduating med school. They, they, they were no longer taught that they'd likely never see a case of Alzheimer's in their practice lifetimes. Yeah. Because it went from four patients per million to many patients per, mi- per million. Just about two years ago, PubMed scrubbed all of the studies that were in PubMed, the studies from the 1920s through the 1940s showing that polyunsaturated oils destroyed brain tissue. The studies were done on higher primates, uh, chimps and gorillas, so almost human brains. And, you know, if, uh, I, I'm sorry, but if, if, if polyunsaturated oils destroys brain tissue in chimps, what makes anybody think it's not going to do the same to people? Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, if, if our brains weren't saturated fat, they'd be running out of our ears. People don't stop to think about that. And I, I'll, I will tell you honestly, all the docs I've spoken to, thousands of docs over the last 15 years that I've been, I was been communicating with a lot of docs, there's barely maybe 2% that remember that the brain is 70% fat. They don't remember their histology at all. Yeah, yeah. These are the guys who might have aced school, but they crammed for their exams. As soon as the exam was over, they dumped the information, and they don't remember jack shit. Yeah. Really pisses me off. Really, no, really, I'm, really I'm not, no, I'm with you. And then this whole cholesterol debacle has been a serious distraction, if to say the least. Right. Where now, now, now you have people showing off about the number their... of patients it's created for the medical industry. Yeah. Yeah, I was just oh, about, and, and how many absolutely. clients they have for the pharmaceutical industry. Well, and then, and, then, and, then, and then you have drugs like Lipitor, which make the problem even worse. worse. Where people are going, people who have a cholesterol level of 200, which is not a bad number at all. Oh, you yeah, know, exactly. and then they and then they qualify for Lipitor because they keep lowering the bar so that everyone <laughs> yeah. qualifies. Every, anyone who goes in to get a anyone who goes in who has a healthy diet of good fats in their diet is going to be around 180, 200, if not yeah. higher, right? So you go into the doctor and you have 200, which is just one point over that 199 range. Was like, oh, you have high cholesterol. It's time to get you on Lipitor. When yeah. you're HDL, LDL, the whole thing could be fine, but they're just looking at that total cholesterol. And then all of a sudden, you have no sex drive, no sex function, and no memory. Now, there, there have been people that have, that have lost a whole week they, they can't remember from taking statins. And, and, and it, it's and, scary and, stuff. And that's, that, those are just the low-end side effects. High-end yeah, side yeah, effects exactly. are, are nerve degeneration, because your nerves are made out of fat, too, and liver failure, which kills you. So you may not die of a heart attack from cholesterol, but you're going <laughs> to die of kidney failure or liver failure. <laughs> but we've got a drug for that, too. 
Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> just, just empirically Everything speaking. Everything feeds yeah. the industry. Well, exactly, yeah, exactly. Right. You, you don't have a sex drive anymore, but that's what Viagra's for. Right. Viagra causes diarrhea, so you've got to take something for that. And, then, <laughs> and you may go blind, but you, know, you may go blind. So now, so now you've got to make a decision. Is she hot enough that it's worth going blind? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can feel my way around. I don't need my eyes for that, Mike. <laughs> talk about, talk about beer goggles. You're not going to be able to see anything, man. You know? <laughs> You're better off with the beer goggles at least you can at least you're still seeing something you know you know well, when the nuns told us that if we masturbated we would go blind we all just did it until we needed glasses <laughs> that's why so many guys have glasses from your age now exactly like, yeah. especially all the catholic school kids like look man you're 13 you weren't bifocals yeah buddy i know what you feel <laughs> No, but I mean, also just empirically speaking, try try going no fat for a couple of days. Watch how you feel. You're oh, going to be uh-huh. depressed. You're going to have no energy. Gonna, your workouts are going to suck. I mean, it doesn't take long. If you cut out good fats in your diet for a couple of days, it doesn't take long to feel like crap. And depression kicks in too, man. I don't care if you if you're like proponent for depression or not. You'll start to feel it. You'll start exactly. to feel it. And when you start, I know when I've pretty much gone really without fats in my diet for a few days, man, when I just started feeling like, wow, I just feel like crap. And you can't really just make those decisions that you really need to make. And you just kind of have this brain fog. Well, most people are like, well, I just, oh, I got brain fog. I need to eat some carbs. That's all it is. So I get my brain some energy. Like, no, I need to get some fats in my life. That's what that is, man. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's such Below 180 such cholesterol, you don't make hormones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's why when people show off about their total, I'm not, my total cholesterol is at 150. I was like, that's great. Ooh. <laughs> you buy your testosterone and your sex hormones and the whole shebang. You know? Well, somebody, if you're doing that and you think that's great, I mean, that's pretty silly and kind of stupid. So I'm kind of glad you can't procreate right now. We don't need to make more. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. this is like this is like the best form of birth control. You know, it's like instead of having, having your wife take those pills, you know what? Just go ahead and lower your cholesterol. Well, there you go. Exactly. That's- yeah. <laughs> people you know? forget that cholesterol is just the building block of all your sex hormones and that you know you you basically convert cholesterol into testosterone in the testes and, and that's one of the ways that my testosterone booster works one of the ingredients ball mine that's what it does it helps concentrate cholesterol in the testes and convert it into testosterone but you actually got to have some cholesterol to work with you know so, I mean, yeah, if you're on a diet and you have no cholesterol there's not going to be any conversion well, the problem is the majority of folks, Mike, they don't know that because there's so much confusion out there and they watch TV for their information for the most part. So, and guess what? They're not saying that in the commercials because they can't sell their drugs. So the majority of people don't even know that even that cholesterol is very necessary. Between that and cortisol, they think those two things, you've got to eliminate well, them. And then, then you have the other extreme, too. Yeah. Then you have the other extreme, too, right, where oh, people are God. putting, the butter putting baby. Their, people are putting a week's worth of butter in their coffee and, you know, that's <laughs> really helpful. Yeah, it's like, um, I say I don't. I don't need to get my whole day's worth of dietary fat in, in my coffee. Okay, I'll get it in my food. Throughout, you know, I'll spread it out throughout the meals. Okay, I don't need fifty-five grams of fat in coffee in the morning. You know, and that's you know, like not going to be said, good for my gut. That's for sure. Exactly. Know? And like it's even worse now because now they've eliminated the coffee. Now you just have these jackasses eating the butter directly. I'm like, <laughs> that doesn't even sound delicious at all. Okay, just put a stick of butter in your mouth. Like, what else are you putting in your mouth that's shaped like that? <laughs> the Hawaiian Men's Health Survey, which is the longest study ever done in the United States, hmm. started off with, uh, I think, 13, no, excuse me, 30,000 men in Honolulu of Japanese ancestry in 1973. I think there are less than 2,000 guys left. But what they discovered is that the non-coffee drinkers usually got dementia somewhere between 60 and 70. Huh. 
of the coffee drinkers. And if you've ever been to Hawaii, they drink oh, coffee yeah. you can write with. Oh, but they have some of the best coffee in the world. Exactly, what, the what, Kona what, and the Hamakua. Yes. Oh, why, why is coffee so beneficial for the brain, Dr. Well, Wong? Of, of the coffee drinkers, very few of them got dementia, and those that did got it a full 10 years after the non-coffee drinkers. You know, hmm. we have people taking all this ginkgo biloba to open up the circulation to, to the brain. I'm sorry. You, you get a really strong cup of espresso, that'll do a hell of a lot more brain circulating. Oh, than, yeah. Than, 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 than <laughs> Certainly it's going to taste better. Could. <laughs> <laughs> a cup of coffee sounds a lot better than downing some ginkgo tabs, that's exactly. for sure. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not even a big coffee drinker, but I've been, uh, whenever I talk to you, Dr. Wong, I think about starting because I'm, I'm sensitive to here, – here's a question actually after you. I'm pretty sensitive to caffeine, right? I'm a high-energy guy, so when, I, when I, I wake up, I'm energetic, I'm ready to go. If I have a strong cup of coffee, I love the taste of coffee, but the, the, the caffeine is, is just too much for me. What do, you, what do you think of Swiss water-based decaf or maybe what, what, what would be a viable option for people that are sensitive to caffeine? Any of the decaffeinated coffees that do not use a harsh chemical process to get the caffeine out are fine. Okay. They're, 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 they're absolutely fine. You know, uh, my mom was Cuban, and mm-hmm. my mom was absolutely raving nuts. And she was feeding me coffee when I was two years old. She, she, she actually used to mix coffee in my baby bottle. Oh, my God. But you know what? They she do that in Costa Rica as well, Dr. Wong. my baby bottle. Yeah. Well, I went, so, to Costa Rica, I went to Costa Rica, uh, Costa Rica recently, and they do the same thing. In fact, in a lot of countries where they produce coffee, they start giving their kids coffee at an early age. Oh, gosh, and, yeah. and I was, about, I was just like, you know, this is what against everything that we've learned in America. And we were at a coffee farm, and they needed some volunteers to come up, and they were talking about the process. Um, this coffee farm cafe bread. And so this lady comes up and she brings her daughter up for the demonstration. The girl had to be about, I'll probably say like seven or eight years old. And she was just happy as can be about this. So of course all the American tourists and they're like, oh, you can just hear them gasping. Like, what the fuck? She can't do that. It's going to stunt that child's growth. Blah, blah, blah. And all the other <laughs> things that we've been fed, you know, whatever. But anyone I've ever talked to that was born and raised in these coffee producing countries, will tell you, like, we've been drinking coffee since we were babies. Exactly. And it just really just blew my mind. And, I was, and it just really changed my perspective. And well, here's the one thing, though. That's missing. We're all very nervous. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're too much. Too much. <laughs> it's well, I mean, that explains why people are so crazy. Yeah, that explains why that, those <laughs> Latino women are so crazy, right? It's yeah, all that yeah. caffeine that's been no in the comment. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> that explains all the, the plates being thrown at the walls and so forth. <laughs> <laughs> It enhances their emotionalism, yes. <laughs> it strengthens it, if anything. So, yeah, man. Would a, a strong cup of black tea be a similar benefit, Dr. There's, Wong? Or is there's actually more that? caffeine in tea yes, than is. there really? is in, yeah. in coffee, but it doesn't seem to have the same effect. I have no that, idea why. That, maybe it's the theanine, right? Because the amino acid theanine is fairly high in green tea and different kinds of teas. Maybe that balances some of the jittery effects. It could, because I think that's a direct yeah. precursor to serotonin, yeah. Yes, yes, because I drink, I drink, I'm a big tea drinker, and I don't, I don't have the same issues unless I drink a ton. So that, that's interesting. I'll keep that in mind. Now, I, I know we've got to wrap up soon, and you're a busy guy, but uh, I was curious if you could discuss, I remember you wrote a really interesting article a while back about the different andros in the market and your theory for why they were taken off the marketplace. What, were, what, what, what did you think were some of the best, you know, Andrew Stendion being a precursor to testosterone, of course, it was why everyone was on it back then. But 
what do you think were the benefits of Andros? And you, you're, you're actually privy to some additional benefits that I wasn't even aware of. And just real top line, why do you think that they were actually taken off the marketplace? Oh, gosh, real easy. Uh, there's a, a company, and I forget the name of the company, that bribed just about everybody in Congress to, 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 to ban Andro because they wanted to make a medication out of it for treating radiation exposure for preventing bone cancer yeah. from radiation exposure. And, you know, they, 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 they got the bribe done. The government agreed to buy billions of doses and stockpile it. Uh, so they had a hidden agenda. They had a, a real reason why they wanted to, to, to uh, get the corner on the Andrustein market, because if it was widely available, okay, some guy yells Allah Akbar and blows a dirty nuke somewhere in the middle of Manhattan, okay, you know, you, you just go to GNC, you take your Andro, you, 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 you go somewhere else, you get some iodine pills, and you're fine. Your thyroid won't get cancerous, and your bones won't get cancer. Right. But if if the andro isn't available, then you're dependent on Uncle Saul to give it to you, and he's got it stockpiled, and you've got to do what he says to get it, then you might as well just bend over and spread them. <laughs> With butter. <laughs> <laughs> With some grass-fed butter, of course. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you're going back to Last Tango in Paris. Which I'm, I'm going to make you watch that movie and see what Marlon Brando does with butter. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! Oh man! So that's that, that's really interesting about the Andrews because mo. I mean, a lot of people are like, well, they were having a lot of dangerous side effects, and you know, the FDA was concerned as if they actually care about you know. They don't give a health. rat's ass about you. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Bottom line is, when they take something off the shelves, it's because it works. Exactly, bingo. Exactly. And that, and that, and that yeah. gets big big business worried. It's like, yeah. man, this stuff. That's going to hurt our bottom line. There was a, a, a prosexual supplement, a pro-erection supplement called Aspire 36. I remember. And the yeah. stuff worked better than Cialis. Cialis is, is probably the gold standard by which you have to compare every, every pro-erection supplement. This stuff worked better than Cialis. So Eli Lilly, who makes Cialis, went, uh, paid off the, the FDA, and the FDA went after Aspire 36. And you can't find it anymore. I still have a few bottles scrounged away. Now, I remember but, I told you about Fire 36 because I remember I tried that out back in the day, and I was like, whoa, this has got to have something in it because this is like, I mean, <laughs> you, just, you just see an attractive girl go by, you need to stay seated. I mean, that, yeah. that stuff, you, you, that stuff you better not be wearing warm-ups. <laughs> you're going for a run and some hot girl runs by you're like man this, I'm going to get arrested now <laughs> that, that stuff was pretty powerful stuff no doubt I was like there's got to be something in here that's not on the label because this is some pretty potent shit but I, I remember I remember they reformulated after they got pinched and it was never the same never you know, the same no still out there on the marketplace but it's the, so a lot of people are going to look it up now they're going to go oh man that Aspire 36 sounds great folks the stuff that's being sold now is not what Dr. Wong is talking about. This was We're like 2018 now. <laughs> yeah, this was 2007 or so, 2006, 2007. That yep. at first thought it was really hot. I remember I played around with that. I was like, that, this is some powerful stuff right here. Absolutely. I mean, you 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 could you you could probably put a put a put a sail on it and go halfway across the Atlantic. <laughs> You could, you could use your manhood and put a nail on the wall. You know? yeah, yeah. Like, come on, hey, hey, where's the hammer? Up, up, don't worry about that. Are you done, Matt? Here it is. I got a hammer for you. You know, boom. <laughs> What, what hey, about some of the other? What, what about uh, Super X? Are you still a fan of that, Doctor? The Dr. Super Chief? X works, works, works well. 
It yeah. still has a four-hour lead time, so anyone using using SuperX, yeah, take on. it before you take your gal out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> four-hour lead time, that, that's like, okay, I think I'm going to get late today. I'm not sure, but you're waiting for that four hours to kick in. You're like, man, the, girl, the girl's like, come on, let's go to the bedroom. It's like, no, no, <laughs> I just took that minute. Go. We need a couple hours. Let's go watch a movie or two. <laughs> that's right. When I'm in the mood, hold on, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's a pretty stand-up guy, you know. Cheese, Cheese Health, I think, is a good nutrition supplement company. I mean, you turned me on to them, and then They're I met a very Dr. good company. I met Dr. Chi when I was at a, an anti-aging conference a while back, and I did the whole tongue and uh, fingernail analysis. Really interesting guy, and I think Myamin's a great product. One that you turned me on to yep. a while back. Is there uh, is there anything else you would recommend for estrogen control besides Myamin? Do you have your own product, or is there anything we, else out there? We created Synest. Okay. And- the Synest is, is, is taken at two capsules just before bed because we make most of the hormones. 70% of the hormones we make, good and bad, are made between 2 and 4 a.m. Right, right. And then we make hormones again in a 12-hour cycle, about 30% of them between 2 and 4 p.m., which is why we usually like to have sexy thoughts in the middle of the afternoon. Right. We, we look at the girl in the, in the cubicle across the way and dream about her. <laughs> just her yeah, you run across, her bra. yeah, you run across the picture of the CrossFit girl while you're on Facebook like, hey. There you go. Hey, that's what you don't, so, you don't, want, to, you don't want to take a Spire 36 and be in that cubicle. That's for sure. Oh, no, no, no. no. Right, like, I need you to come to the office now. No, I can't. Uh, not right now. Like, we, we're having a group meeting. It's like, oh, Mike, why don't you go ahead and stand up and give that presentation about I can't. <laughs> so if we take our anti-estrogen stuff just before bed, it will have a stronger effect in controlling the estrogen. So we, 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 um, uh, I actually stole a few of these ideas from the gal who – was the, the head of testosterone research at, oh. uh, 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 I, th- I think, Georgetown, uh, uh, Dr. Doctor Omri. I happened to be sitting next to her at lunch uh, one day at a, at a conference, and she was talking about uh, uh, the, 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 the two herbs that we have in the, in the product and how much of it were needed to create an actual physiological effect. Hmm. And uh, that stuck in my brain. And when we went to create our anti-estrogen product, I found the strongest extract of each of the herbs that I could find. Uh, I think the uh, one of these is a is a is a twelve to one. The other one is a what, is are, a, what are what are the herbs in is the a product? Sixteen to one. Chrysin uh, and nettles. Okay. okay. And you've got to take at least a gram, so uh, a quarter of a teaspoon full. If a teaspoon holds five grams, if of, of, of powder, if you've got it topped off and rounded, then uh, one gram is about a quarter of a teaspoon. And you've got to take at least that to have a physiological ef- effect. We found such strong concentrates that, that, that two of our Synest capsules have the equivalent of a couple of tablespoons worth of these herbs. Wow. And uh, we, like, we like to say that the only thing stronger than Synest is the drug Arimidex. Yeah, Remedix is potent stuff. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I'm going to check out your product, actually. I'm, I'm always curious about uh, trying different things out. And, uh, I mean, and I'm happy to recommend. People are like, well, don't you sell this, Michael? I was like, yeah, I sell stuff, so, but I, I don't mind recommending my friend's stuff. That's good as well. You know, what's the big deal, man? There's enough, there's enough business to go around here. So I, exactly. I, encourage, you know, I, I, I encourage people to try people's things. <laughs> right. I just sent a bunch of kosher folks to uh, AST Enzymes because our stuff isn't kosher. Yeah, right. you know, it, it, once you know who's got stuff that actually works. Now, 
I have to say, 95% of the stuff the nutritional industry makes is bogus. Absolutely. And will not work, will not ever work. Right. When we find stuff that actually works, we have to cherish those companies and, 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 and help to promote them, whether they're ours or anyone else's, because we're a rarity in the industry. Right. No, I think that's a good point. When you see people doing good work, whatever the context, you want to support that. Yeah. So I, I think too many people have a scarcity mindset where they, they like, man, if I recommend Dr. Wong's stuff, then no one's going to buy my stuff anymore. You know, like that kind of mentality. And my attitude is the exact opposite. I go, if, if you have something that I think will be benefit to someone I know, I'm going to send them your way without hesitation because now it's going to be win-win because they're going to buy something for you that's going to work. They're going to, they're going to remember, like, man, Mike really sent me the right way. I'm trustworthy now to them, and they, they'll, they'll probably want to come back and try some of my stuff at some point. And if they don't, no big thing you know, because I don't worry about it. I don't, I'm not attached to those kind of things. And I think that's, that's the problem with a lot of people is that we'll have, we'll have people praise you privately, but they won't do it publicly. Right. Because they're you know, because they're worried about losing business and that kind of yeah. scarcity mindset, which I think is is just pathetic. It's just yeah. it's, it's totally unreal. It's just not something you should be fixated on whatsoever. Exactly. But uh, we've we've taken up a lot of your time. I really appreciate you coming on. Love to have you come back again. You're, you're oh, such a wealth you. of you're such thank a wealth you. of knowledge. Yeah, we you know, didn't get the martial arts background that you have too. We didn't get to yeah, talk about that. Bad ass. See, that's bad what people don't understand. This is not just a doctor. This dude can kick your ass, man. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, Dr. Wong's told me many stories of when he was a bouncer and people would underestimate him coming in and starting trouble. <laughs> didn't work out so well for them, did it? <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a lot of fun wearing love beads in a ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On purpose. Huh? Exactly. On purpose, that's right. <laughs> Dr. Wong's like, I want someone to fuck with me today, man. I'm going to go. I'm going to put my short shorts on and my socks to my hey, knees. ponytail and... <laughs> boy. Where's <laughs> oh, so Dr. Wong? Yeah, go ahead, Mike. I was about to say the same thing. Like, where can yeah, find more information? Yeah, where can people find out more information about you? Uh, they can go to drwongradio.com. They can go to uh, drwong.us, as in United States. Uh, an, an alternate address for that website is totalityofbeing.com. Not totality of beans, <laughs> totalityofbeing.com. And if they want to see our products, they're at docspreferred.com. Docspreferred.com. Cool. I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah. And, yeah, Dr. Wong has a ton of free information on his various websites, tons of articles, audio interviews, lectures, and so forth. Definitely check his stuff out. Some people are like, man, this guy's really hardcore. It's like, well, that's what we like. You know, he's, he's, he has very strong views. And I remember someone's like, yo, I'm surprised you're friends with Dr. Wong. It's like, why? <laughs> he has strong views. I have strong views. He's a cool guy. We don't, we don't have to agree well on everything to be friends here. I mean, come on. Exactly. I, respect guy, you know, I respect the guy for being very irreverent and taking charge of things and taking a stand on stuff. I respect that completely. So uh, thank you so much, man. You've, you've been such a great help to me over the years as well. You're very, very learned, welcome. Very, very yeah, welcome. Glad and happy to do it. I've learned a ton from you on so many different topics. Great having you on the show and love to have you come back again. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. Thanks a lot. Pleasure. You have a great day. God bless. Be well. Bye-bye. Thank you. you too. Take care. And again, folks, that's Morpheus from the Matrix movies. <laughs> <laughs> this dude's voice is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's got it. <laughs> Almost, he has books out there, and I just wish that he had them on Audible just so I can hear him narrate the books. <laughs> <laughs>
We, I did an interview with him years ago, and what was funny is one, one of the topics is why guys are – I asked him a question. of I don't know how it even came up in the interview, but it was a question about you know, why guys are pussy-whipped and so forth. And it, mm-hmm. it, was funny that, it was funny. His response was hilarious because he was like, well, you know, a lot of guys are pussy-whipped because of this. He was actually you – know, here's the doctor using the word <laughs> pussy-whipped in the response. There was a study in Sweden. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, Mike, there was a study one time in Peru about why guys are pussy-whipped, and here's what they came out with. It was it was a hilarious interview because it was he was he he really got into the question. I think I kind of asked it half jokingly too, and he he just took it and ran with this. So I was like, okay, this guy's cool. Yeah. But definitely check out docspreferred.com, folks. Totalityofbeing.com. Check out his systemic enzymes. He's got great stuff. He's got a lot of interesting things on there. I'm, I actually haven't checked out his website in a little while, so I'm, I'm definitely going to look at it later and see what he's doing these days. Perfect, man. All right, folks. So. Before we head out, make sure you hop over to both of our websites. Head over to MikeMahler.com. Also, head over to NewWarriorTraining.com. Type in the coupon code LLA, and at NewWarriorTraining.com, you'll get 30% off of my bodyweight training DVD. That's the physical and digital copy, as well as 30% off of my weight management 101 training course, which is self-paced and really helps you with a lot of things that we talked about. You get to understand what cholesterol really is and not all the BS out there, as well as other things as far as getting your health under control and being a more informed consumer out there. And, Mike, what do you have going on over at MikeMuller.com? Well, you can use that same coupon code LLA, get 10% off anything I sell, my videos, my nutrition supplements, the best testosterone booster ever created on the market, get 10% off of that. By far, you can get my systemic enzyme product. You've just heard about all the benefits of systemic enzymes on the show, so get on it. Don't just hear about it and do nothing with it. Get on it. People, so many people have aches and pains, and they just deal with it. Like, well, I'm just getting older. It's like, screw that, man. Do something <laughs> about it. Take charge. Right. And then get on my recovery all. Get that magnesium, that zinc, that MSM. It's going to give you great sleep at night, so you're producing all those hormones that Dr. Wong talked about, so you're refreshed the next day, ready to take charge, live life fully. And then you can get 10% off my T-shirts, basically anything you see on my website. Also, an update on our workshop in September. Okay, again, we had 32 people sign up just from a podcast promotion. We're going to have website information soon. Price is going to be way higher just like we said it would be, but you can still get into the course. And you already screwed up by missing out on the price. That, that's too late. That's gone, all right? So you're going you're to have to add that to your list of regrets. But you can still get into the course because we have eight spots left. So don't screw up again by <laughs> procrastinating and not getting into this course because I'm telling you, when you see the pictures and the video footage from this course and the testimonials from people who attended, man, you are going to kick yourself. You're going to be like, I'm a fucking idiot for not signing up for that course. I am so stupid for not going to that course and having a great time with those guys. I just worked out. My friend Christos Dimitros hooked me up with a contact in Mandalay Bay. I got the contract for a great hotel discount. It's going to be $150 a night, which is, which is a great price for Mandalay Bay yeah, on a is. weekend. Mr. Olympia weekend, Mandalay Bay, one of the nicest casinos on the Strip. 150 a night. That's going to be for the group, our group. I'm going to send that out to all the students pretty soon. I'm going to, our friend Tim Larkin, who was on the show, he has graciously allowed us to use his facility. It's a super nice facility. You can easily get 50 people in there. Matted floors, awesome place, awesome venue for our, for the workshop, for kettlebell stuff, bodyweight stuff, tumbling, all the things we're going to be doing. So Tim is going to be our host. He's graciously allowed us to use his facility. So that's all set. So, so, I mean, the facility is taken care of. The hotel stuff is going to be taken care of. It's going to be a blast. I'm going to be setting up a shuttle service to run people from Mandalay Bay to the facility. It's not too far from Mandalay Bay. 
And then we're going to be looking into those extracurricular activities, nighttime activities. Hope maybe there'll be a good concert that weekend. Who knows? And we'll get a yeah, nice VIP know. package for that. So you have 50 people and you want to go to a concert, you can get a nice oh, VIP yeah. package. Yeah, <laughs> they, they will hook it contacts. up. <laughs> yeah, man. I've got contacts at every venue because I go to so many concerts. Believe me, if I contact someone and I say, hey, look, I've got 50 people that I want to come to a concert, they're going to be like, okay, we got a suite for you guys, man. We're going right. to hook this thing up. So it's going to be a blast, man. So look out for that information on our different websites, MikeMahler.com, NewWarriorTraining.com. You still have a chance to get into the course once that information is there. Don't blow it. <laughs> don't screw up by delaying it. And some of you listening are like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to do it. Don't worry. Other people will. <laughs> you know? We have eight spots left. So if you're listening and you don't sign up, that's fine. Someone else is going to. We got 32 people signing up, who signed up for the course. They didn't have any of that information. They coffee. Yeah, they no had nothing. Yeah, all they had was me and Sincere talking about the course, and 32 people signed up because they know it's going to be killer. They heard our enthusiasm talking about this course. Now we're going to open it up to everyone else who doesn't listen to the show, and we have plenty of fans who just don't listen to podcasts for whatever reason. We're going to get those eight people fast, so you want to make sure you're one of them. Otherwise, you are going to kick yourself, man. You are going to be. You're just going to slam your head into the wall for not making this course. <laughs> so don't screw up. Look out for that information. Exactly. All right. So, all right, people, keep the downloads coming. Keep sharing everything. Keep hitting us up on Twitter, Facebook, and we're loving all the feedback we're getting on social media. Get over to our websites, buy some stuff, support the show, and we'll continue to support you. All right. All right, people, see you on the next show. Take care, everybody. Take care, everyone.